Now, more tips with your host, Rebecca, on lifestyle improvement. Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest, and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. And here is our host, Rebecca. Hello, and welcome to our program, Lifestyle Improvement. This is your host, Rebecca. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Lisa Green. Ms. Green has been helping parents since 2003. She's an adjunct professor in the Department of Child and Family Education at Concordia University, an author, parent coach, international speaker, and the mother of two children with special health care needs. As a parent educator, public speaker, and independent love and logic facilitator, Ms. Green teaches essential parenting skills to thousands of parents each year. She has also written articles for Parent Guide, DisneyFamily.com, and Living Well Magazine, as well as for numerous online journals. Since 2004, Ms. Green has been working with Dr. Foster Klein, a well-known child psychiatrist and co-founder of Love & Logic. Together, they created a new program for parenting kids with health issues based on the popular Love & Logic tools and concepts. Ms. Green also co-authored the award-winning Love & Logic book, Parenting Children with Health Issues, Essential Tools, Tips, and Tactics for Raising Kids with Chronic Illnesses, Medical Conditions, and Special Health Care Needs. You can find this book at ParentingChildrenWithHealthIssues.com. Thank you for speaking to us today, Lisa. In a minute, we're going to talk more in depth about your book, but I am curious about why you called your program Love & Logic. Thank you. Thank you so much for the kind introduction. And I'd like to welcome um, your listeners and thank them for spending time with us here today. Well, I have to admit that I'm not the one that actually named the program Love and Logic. Um, Jim Fay and Foster Klein, oh, about 35 years ago, um, actually came up with that name. And the reason why they call their program Love and Logic is, as they explain it, uh, love helps to build the relationship, helps uh, the relationship to grow, helps uh, open up the ears so kids can learn and listen. And the logic provides the lessons that they need. And quite frankly, we all need <laughs> to learn from our mistakes when we make them. Um, and so really, uh, love and logic is built upon sort of a foundation of being kind and loving as parents and also powerful, uh, having that authority as a parent, as we should have. So that kind and powerful, notice the and, um, <laughs> approach is love and logic. Definitely two qualities absolutely necessary, not just when you're parenting, but especially when you're trying to be a caregiver, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, all the, the tools and techniques and concepts that apply to parenting. And, and truly, what we're really talking here is about leadership. In fact, Love & Logic likes to say that uh, Love & Logic is really a leadership program packaged as a parenting program. And as we talk today, and if your listeners decide to dig more deeply into our resources, they'll soon come to see very quickly that we are really talking about leadership. And leadership is really about communication, effective communication, uh, effective relationship skills. And, and also beyond simply communication and relationship skills, it's about understanding the balance of power 
every relationship has a certain balance of power. And whether we're a parent or we are uh, maybe a boss in a company, that relationship is is based on one person has power, one person doesn't, the other one wants more power. How do we use power effectively? How do we use it in, in a kind and loving way, but still get the job done? And many of the challenges in relationships, both uh, in, in the working world as parents, and particularly in the role of caregivers, including medical professionals, um, teachers, that role of power can be misused. And so what we're about is, uh, is teaching people how to use power in effective ways to get the job done, right, as a person in a leadership position, but also to do that in a way that enhances uh, the relationship and, and helps the troops want to do the right thing. A hallmark of a good leader, a good parent, a good boss, a good doctor, a good teacher is not just to uh, sort of force people to do things from the outside. It's about bringing up those intrinsic, that intrinsic motivation, that motivation from inside the person to want to make good choices, to want to do the right thing, to want to take their medication, to want to make good grades, to want to do a good job at the desk, to want to take care of customers. So again, it really comes down to good communication skills and effective use of power. Well said. Talking about leadership, a good leader probably exercises good self-care. What are some suggestions that you have for caregivers or parents of children that have health issues so they are a good example to their children about how to take care of themselves? That is such a great question. And we address it early in the book because it is foundational. And I know your um, audience has heard it is kind of a cliche, but I'll say it again because it really is a good example. The example of when we fly on an airplane and you go through the whole thing at the beginning about the oxygen and the safety uh, requirements. Um, and, and the idea being that when the oxygen or if the oxygen drops from the ceiling, um, they instruct the parents on the plane to put the mask on themselves first before they put the mask on their child. And of course, that's counterintuitive to us as parents because we think, oh, I'm going to save my child. I want to put it on the child first. The problem is, is if we are passed out from lack of oxygen, we can't take care of our child. So the, the metaphor is so true when we're taking care of whether it's uh, a, ch a child that has a medical condition or a second uh, special need, or even, you know, many of us might be in the sandwich generation where we're caring for older parents and other family members who are ill and need care. And so um, it's so critical for us as individuals to take good care of ourselves because how can we care for other people if we're burnt out, stressed out, and quite frankly, we run ourselves to the bone and then we ourselves get ill. So, so that is sort of uh, the, one of the first points that I wanna make. Um, and of course, particularly in the parenting realm, we are the example. And of course, in the leadership realm with our workplaces, 
you know, because workplaces are kind of a microcosm of a family. If you really think about it, you know, the boss is the mom and the dad and our cube mates are our siblings. Um, and so, you know, again, I just like to share that leadership metaphor because people can really understand it and they can see it in their places of work where it's a little harder to see in our homes. So, so the point is, is, as parents and leaders, we are setting the example. And some ways that we can set the example with our children, if I'm not taking my medication and I'm not eating right, I'm not getting enough sleep, I'm not getting enough exercise, I am setting the example to my children not to do that. Now, I can say all day long, get enough sleep, take your medication, make sure you're eating right, don't eat that junk food, you know, make sure you take care of yourself. But if I'm not doing it, our children learn more from what we do than what we say. Now, when our children are young, especially when they're in the elementary ages, they're not going to say to us, you know, mom, I've noticed that you tell me to get enough sleep and not eat junk food, but I see you eating that whole gallon of chunky monkey ice cream and that whole bag of Pringles potato or a whole box of Pringles potato chips. You know, I don't think you're setting a very good example, mom. In fact, you're a hypocrite. You know, our children, when they're in their in their um, elementary years, they're not going to say that. They might think it, but they're not going to say that. But I got news for you. When our children become teenagers, they not only notice it, but they're going to call us out on it. And that's one of those challenges that we have as a parent. If our parenting approach, as our children approach those teenage years, doesn't change, and we're still trying to be a helicopter or a drill sergeant, do what I say, not what I do, all of a sudden, our kids are old enough to really notice it, and they're not shy about pointing it out. So that's where we hear, that's not fair. You're a hypocrite. Why do you do that? You know, I don't believe you. And we start to have all these challenges with our teenagers, and we wonder why. <laughs> and a lot of this stems from these early patterns and habits that we've understandably established early on. So, um, So that's... That's sort of a long answer to a very good question. And then the other piece, how do we take care of ourselves as caregivers? Because I get that it's not easy. I understand that. I have two children with cystic fibrosis. They need a lot of care. I've dedicated my life to caring for them. Um, it's hard. It's exhausting. It's stressful. We have grief we have fear, we have worries, we have anxiety, we have our own guilt that we carry that cause us to not take care of ourselves and to put our children before us. So we also, along with all these other things, have all these emotions that are, that are causing us to respond in a particular way. Um, and so, uh, and, I, and, I, and how do we deal with those challenges of not enough time, not enough money, too much stress, too much to do, and all those stressors that are piling on us every day? Um, I can only say, you know, we, we all have to find our individual path. But as an educator and as someone who has studied families for many years, I can say, and I can say personally, Support, support, support. Mm -hmm. We've got to get support. It's not easy in our day and age of America. I'm tough. I can do it. I don't need help because that's a sign of weakness. Um, I understand how the cowboy rides off on the sunset with nobody but his horse. 
Um, I understand that. That's how our culture sort of, especially for our men, sort of sets us up for failure. But we do need support and we need to ask for support and we need to learn for support, learn, learn to ask for support. We need to learn that asking and needing support is not a weakness. It is a sign of strength. This is your host, Rebecca, and now we will take a short break and we will be right back with more ideas on lifestyle improvement. What if there was a way to help your struggling child perform better academically? Would you pick up the phone and call? Lifestyle Improvement Occupational Therapy Services in Puyallup, Washington, supports wellness and optimal educational performance. Instead of just reteaching information, we endeavor to identify the possible root causes for your child's learning difficulties. We offer targeted testing to assist in the creation of an individualized plan and provide you with the brain training tools that can help improve academic performance. Visit our website at www.lifestyleimprovement.com or give us a call today at 877-957-7387, extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387, extension 101, for an initial free phone consultation. Lifestyle Improvement Occupational Therapy. We're ready to partner with parents and to help your child succeed. We need to learn that asking and needing support is not a weakness. It is a sign of strength. In fact, it is a sign of us saying, I need help. I can't do this alone. I am not an island. It does take a village and I need help. And it takes us asking, stepping out of our comfort zone and asking specifically what we need. It, it takes us saying, you know, I need help with um, babysitting. Hey, you know, you're heading up to Costco. Can you do me a favor? Can you pick up these five things for me on your way? I drop them off at the house and I'll have a check ready for you. And so it's it, people love to help. They love to help. I know me even as stressed as I am. I love to help other people. It gives me a sense of meaning. In fact, that's why I, I do this work. That's sort of the, you know, if we get into it, one of the reasons why I, I do this work and I've come up with this program is because it gives me a sense of meaning and joy and purpose to help other people. And and we can be that, you know, um, that catalyst for others to find a sense of purpose um, in their lives. And, and we can certainly talk about that more as we talk about child development and why, you know, it's important for our children to also give to others and find a sense of purpose in their own lives. But so support, 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 good self-care, making sure as much as I can that I get enough sleep and enough rest. And, and you know, I'm eating the right foods within reason. And I know it's tough and and fast food calls our name. But but we do want to set that example and take good care of ourselves. Um, another area is, is spirituality and having that sense of faith. And, and that's a big part for me personally. And I think many within your listening audience, that sense of there is a purpose in all of this, even if I don't understand it. And I ask why, 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 why every day. And I don't always like the answers that I might get, you know, like, why not? <laughs> why are you so special that you shouldn't suffer? Um, and so those are some of the things that I've grappled through personally um, in my own spiritual and faith, faith walk. 
but I think we can each find um, in the area of self-care uh, a sense of meaning and purpose and understanding and and maybe acceptance, maybe acceptance, um, because that helps me um, take care of myself. Along with that, you know, prayer and mindfulness and, of course, having joy in our lives is important. My husband and I really were very purposeful over the years of finding uh, the joy where we could and making memories and um, finding ways to overcome the challenges we were facing with our children's illness uh, and still making it fun. Instead of saying, no, we can't do this, we learned to say, well, you know, that's going to be a little tough when we have to drag all the medications around and IV poles and antibiotics and medic, you know, pills and all this. Um, you know, we just have to find a way and, and how can we get creative? And so those are some ways that we have found to, um, to have self-care, to take care of our family. Um, and all of these tap into the ideas of resilience and how do we build resilience in ourselves and in our families. Um, and of course, taking care of those emotional areas that we may struggle. That is also a part of self-care recognizing grief, recognizing fear, recognizing anxiety, and sometimes saying, you know, time, 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 uncle, uncle, it's too much right now. I need a break. I need to talk to someone. I need to get therapy. I need to get counseling. I need a date night. I need time with my girlfriends. I need coffee with the girls. I need a bubble bath. Um, and so my husband and I got to the point where we could tag team each other. And um, one thing that we did on a practical level was every other weekend, uh, we would take a couple of hours uh, where, you know, for two hours on one Saturday, he could have to go shoot a bucket of balls with the guys at the golf course, or, you know, guys aren't big coffee drinkers and get with the girls. But, you know, my husband would take that time and, and go um, exercise. He'd go to the club, he'd go jogging. Uh, and he did like to, you know, have a couple hours to do a quick nine holes, you know, with the guys. Um, I would take that time to meet with the girls and go have coffee or go for a bike ride. Or, you know what, sometimes I would just stay in my pajamas for two hours and not change diapers, not hear mommy, 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 not hear I want breakfast. I would lock myself up in my bedroom and sleep in and take a bubble bath uninterrupted. And for me, that was heavenly. <laughs> and so, um, and I think... Uh, if you if you're raising a, a family and you have a child and you're a single parent, my heart goes out to you. I'm now a single parent. My husband um, passed away unexpectedly uh, 15 months ago. In sorry. fact, to today, oh, very sorry to of a heart that. attack. Oh, um, and so I've been single parenting for the last 15 years, uh, 15 months. Um, so I have great compassion for you. Um, and I've had to really pull in my support network. I've had to really ask for that help in a way that's challenged me. Um, and I can say that if I can do it, you can too. There are so many um, through our churches, our communities, our school communities that, again, I come back to want to help. And, of course, our social workers in our, our bigger environments are there to help us and find resources. Certainly there are those avenues available to us too. So, um, and I just want to say, you know, there's nothing special about me. I am no different than any of you um, out there. And I can say it is not easy and it's been a hard journey and I've been on my knees and tears many times. But I also want to just say that 
if I can do it, you can do it. And um, we're here for each other and we're here to inspire each other and lead each other and pray for each other and cry for each other. And um, and I hope that the, some of the ideas that I'm offering you give you hope and the inspiration to, to get out there and, and do what you need to do. So my goodness, Lisa, thank you so much. You have shared truly from the heart and we're all as listeners grateful to have you share this with us today. Thank you. And uh, as you shared, a really important point is that I truly believe we're all made for connection, uh, that we are in this world to learn to connect with each other, to relate to each other, to love and care for each other. There are so many challenges in the world, needless to say, the personal ones that truly push us to come to a point where it is indeed a commitment to each other to be able to develop relationships and to love regardless of the obstacles. And you talked also about how for caregivers to reach out and ask for that help is somewhat of a sign of courage. And to me, it truly is because I think it takes coming to that moment in which you have to assess those strengths and those weaknesses and those needs. And as caregivers, we we sometimes have a tendency to think that we can do everything. And uh, if we ask for help, that's, you know, that shouldn't happen or we have guilt or or we are ashamed and, you know, we, we just weren't capable of completing the task. To come to that moment where you can actually evaluate and reflect and say, I can do this much and I can do this much well. Who can help me complete the task? That to me takes courage because you do have to come to a place of surrender and humility and say, that's it. That's that's the limit. And, and from this point, you know, whether it is your faith uh, and those people that are available around you to say, I need help. Correct. That is so incredibly well said. And um, honestly, I, I love some of the words you used about courage and humility. Um, and and I also think that, you know, part of it is, is self-awareness. Um, I mean, you touched on so many important topics, the guilt, like, I mean, we really, we beat ourselves up. I mean, I'm famous for it. I think you know, so many of us um, have sort of a, you know, a little bit of a perfectionistic bent. I mean, I think our society perpetuates that. Um, it's all about performance. I mean, we're judged, we're graded all of our lives, you know, where, I mean, and even as parents, I mean, we, we easily fall into that trap of grading and judging our children on their performance. I mean, is it an A? Is it a B? Or did you fail? I mean, and when you fail, you get punished, right? And so, I mean, we carry this shame on us. And then all of a sudden, you know, we we find ourselves in these difficult life situations, unprepared for those that walk of perfection isn't possible. We can't do it alone. It's not all about me. It's about us. It's about, and again, as you said so beautifully, reaching out is about relationship. It's about collaboration. It's about loving. It's about supporting. It's giving and receiving and receiving and allowing others to give to us. 
as we're caring and giving and being courageous and walking with humility and still taking responsibility. Because, I mean, there's that shadow side, too, that we don't just throw it all on another person's shoulders and say, I can't do it, your problem. I mean, so there's that balance there, which we also talk about with love and logic, that we're not victims and we don't shirk our duties and responsibilities, right? There's that important balance of doing what we can and and taking responsibility and but but then also not going so far to where we take it all on, all on for ourselves. In your book, you talk about parenting traps. Would you consider those to be some of the parenting traps? Absolutely. I mean, that's where it gets to be really challenging because where as a parent do we draw that line? Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest, and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. As a caregiver, you spend your days caring for the needs of someone else. But what are you doing to help yourself? In our Caregiver Survival 101 workshop, we teach you the self-help skills that will empower you to be healthier and more productive. Do you feel tired, overwhelmed, have difficulty sleeping? Do you feel isolated? All this could be signs of caregiver stress. Chronic stress can impact your health adversely and ultimately cause irreversible and unwanted physical problems. Take a step towards your own personal care. A healthy caregiver is a better caregiver. You owe it to yourself and your loved ones to do what is needed to stay healthy today. Go to www.caregiversurvival101.com. That again is www.caregiversurvival101.com. And discover how we can help you help yourself. Or call 877-957-7387, extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387, extension 101. Caregiver Survival 101. Because care starts with you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Lifestyle Improvement for Part 1 of our interview with Lisa Green. Lisa Green is an adjunct professor in the Department of Child and Family Education at Concordia University, an author, parent coach, international speaker, and the mother of two children with special health care needs. As a parent educator, public speaker, and independent love and logic facilitator, Miss Green teaches essential parenting skills to thousands of parents each year. She has also written articles for Parent Guide, DisneyFamily.com, and Living Well magazine, as well as numerous online journals. Miss Green also co-authored the award-winning Love and Logic book, Parenting Children with Health Issues, Essential Tools, Tips, and Tactics for Raising Kids with Chronic Illnesses, Medical Conditions, and Special Health Care Needs. You can find this book at ParentingChildrenWithHealthIssues.com. Don't forget to join us again next Sunday morning at 7.30 for Part 2 of our interview with Lisa Green.